drop. All the hands will take you on a journey just a piece at a time. Delve into the mystery and wonderment. We can blow your mind. Every question will be answered. Nothing will be as it seems. At the turn of a page, you'll be amazed. You will cream your jeans. It is recording now. Okay. Well, welcome back. (laughs) God, I'm a fucking idiot. I get it. Call. We just talked for 10 minutes and realized we weren't recording. So listen, just briefly (laughs) recap (laughs) what we've done here. Okay. Well, first off. Big week. Big week. (laughs) First off, you're listening to Overbooks. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. A comedy podcast. Believe it or not. For people who want to read and and don't have time. Like you like the idea of going to a book club, but also you're not allowed and it makes you nervous and your mask is kind of suffocating you. So I can't so why not listen? Wear my glasses and a mask at the same time. It's so hard. I, We're all glasses people. Yeah, I have figured out to where it's like if I wear my mask up just a little farther up the bridge of my mm-hmm. nose and then I put my glasses over, over it to yeah. pinch it. Mm-hmm. And then you leave enough space so that it can like vent out through your yes. eyebrows. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Very smart. Well, we should say, um, you're Alicia. Oh uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I'm I'm, I'm Jinx. Uh, Steven is here as always. There he is. The one who forgot to hit record. That's, That's right. Steven. <laughs> and we have a very special guest with us today. Uh-huh. Reese Samuels. Everyone clap. Hello. There Thank it you is. for having me. Reese Samuels, comedian and friend. Yeah. <laughs> there. Got that. We're doing a pretty good job. That's yeah, I know. It's, it's not bad. Honestly, impressed. Yeah. It's really going. <laughs> right. So it's been a big week. That's well, hold we on. Work. I'll insert here because I inserted it later. Right. That it makes... The, the, just to top off. Just to top off. Reese... You are a person of color. You are yes. a black woman. Rise yeah. up. We're glad you're here. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thanks, thanks for joining us this morning. I'm this morning in Boise. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been a big week. Uh, it's been a big, um, a big week of, you know, last, fresh last, health. last week, last we left off, uh-huh. the riots and protests were just starting following the blossoming murder of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Things were really kicking off, and it was basically just the day that we podcast last because yeah. we we're like, I we don't even know how to talk about this right now. Yeah, we just basically didn't address it because we were, you know, feeling. We started recording like right after Donald Trump gave that's right that address where where he threatened martial law. Right, yeah. the right. martial law speech, yeah. the one where Brett came storming out the front door because he misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty fresh. But then uh, apparently things worked out a little bit because some things have changed. Yeah. A little. I mean, like, so. The other officers were charged. Yeah. And some things have happened. Yeah. There have been, for the the following week, continued protests Mm -hmm. and, and general and some rioting, but not as much looting as was happening. Right. With the exception of the Amazon distribution center has that been has that said that that has that that was arson i because i never could find it no nothing no one has ever said anything about it again 
and I, I assume. I don't know how much of that is just being swept under the rug. I haven't heard about this yet. Oh, so I haven't yeah. run up on this it. This was Friday. Friday it was burning uncontrollably. Yeah. 600,000 square foot distribution center. Yeah. In LA. But that's one of many. And then we were talking about the radioactive fires. Right. right. The radioactive Radio fires, fires at Chernobyl. Chernobyl. The <laughs> just rolls spill. right off the, the tongue. Yep. Oil spill in the Arctic Circle. Okay. 20,000 mm-hmm, gallons. Mm-hmm. I believe Russia declared a national state of emergency. Yeah. Oh, because of okay. That. Because of that, there's the uh, earthquake clusters at Yellowstone. Right. Fear. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> the hurricane. Hurricane straight for the, Gulf Coast. for the Gulf Coast. Right. Okay, so everything's prime and in position for the climax of the series finale of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> except for super volcanoes. Right, except let's just... <laughs> That's not, if that writes in later, maybe I'm out in the beginning of the episode. We'll just write me out. <laughs> Jinx, do you, since, do you ever think like, man, I hope I die before that super volcano goes off? Yeah. Okay, that's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not be a part of it in any way. Well, especially since I learned that it would take 24 hours. I didn't know. I thought it was going to be like once the super volcano, we were all just flash ash. I thought that was what was happening. But when you guys were talking last week about how it would take 24 hours for us here to actually die, yeah. then no, I was like, I mean, oh, this is way worse than I imagined. Yeah. No, it's not a Pompeii thing. Let's well, see. I hoped for that, oh. if anything. God, I'd be doing something so embarrassing. I just know it. Right. Mm-hmm. I know. What what I'd is the like, most I'd likely be like scenario? My toenails up close. Or <laughs> <laughs> What's the most likely scenario for you to be buried in ash in a super volcano? How are they going to find you? What what's probably are you going to be doing? Uh, they they'd probably find me at work. Unfortunately, yeah, I was say, <laughs> Reese is either going to be reading or at work. Yeah, <laughs> probably. There's a 50-50 chance on that I'm reading probably, or at work. I'm probably at work or sitting on a couch in my garage. Yeah. yeah. In the bathroom. Oh, yeah. man. God. I'm just laying on You'd the floor. You'd be like the thinker. Like a loaf. <laughs> <laughs> They'll put me in a museum. The shit and mummy. <laughs> <laughs> How beautiful, people will say. <laughs> no pictures, please. No flash. Oh, my God. I didn't bring this up the last time we recorded this episode, but I just remembered. <laughs> I just remembered. Stephen, is your cat missing? No. Okay. A cat turned up on my porch that looks exactly like Teddy. Oh, really? Exactly. Like I thought it was Teddy. Oh. And I was like, how can that be? That can't be. And it has a collar, but no tags. And so I thought maybe by some miraculous. Oh, yeah. Nope. He's safe and sound. Well, I guess I have a new cat then. Okay. You got adopted by a cat. It was trying to come in the house. Like it totally just walked up like, yep, I'm home. And then it's like pulling one of your like, I'm going to the wrong house situations. That's Uh what he's doing. You're officially my mom now. Yeah. (laughs) Start adopting neighborhood animals. In past lives, I have been like a six cat person where like cat just shows up on porch is now my cat. Like I don't even try to find the owner. Like I'm like, oh, too bad, Scoop. And I broke myself of it, and now, now with the world ending and all, slippery <laughs> slope. Oh God, too many cats. Okay, okay, now, now what do we talk about? What, 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 what has everybody read? Well, what have we oh, been reading? What we right. read this okay. Week? Right. Well, okay. I read. I read a little more of To Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. which I started. We talked about last week. Um, I kind of started by accident because my phone was charging. <laughs> Whoops, there's a book. <laughs> and um, so I was reading a little more of that, which I didn't realize when I started reading it, how timely, 
Yeah. It was going to turn out to be. I yeah, mean, I knew, so I've knew i read it before, but I wasn't really thinking yeah, you about it. You don't think you know? it and then I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. This whole book. And then I stopped reading that to start reading the book that we're talking about this week. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, are you going to finish it? Or are you going to keep going? Is it your outdoor? Is yeah, it just my your outside, book? It's my outside, my outside book. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just outside and now I'm reading it. <laughs> yeah. And now Reese is a big reader. Yep. We mentioned I, that. Reese reads a lot. I've been uh, finishing up the last book of the Lightbringer series by Brent Weeks. It's a fantasy uh, novel as well. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Really great series. Uh, and then earlier I talked about the book Zombie, which is by. Uh, American poet Andre Lord. Look that up. (laughs) (laughs) I was having, yeah, I just started. I'm only a couple of pages into it, and it's an um, autobiography mixed with a, it's like a history biography mixed with myth, which has been come up with a biomythography. Oh, that sounds cool. Yes. Biomythography. Yeah, it sounds so like I'm mispronouncing it. I know. It's, it's hard. <laughs> Biomythography. <laughs> it's, it's new that. There it is. And then uh, I have started, I've like read a little bit of the book that we're going to talk about today, mm. White Fragility. Excellent. I didn't read anything. Stephen? I read, <laughs> read some of A People's History of the United States, and it's a big old bummer. Big bummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least we know how it turns out. <laughs> Not great. Not <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. You didn't read anything? I don't think I read anything this week other than the book that we're talking about. I don't think I... Well, that's reading. That counts. Yeah, yeah. But I, I would think I had read a little bit of something. But I guess not. I guess that's it. Anything else exciting happen to anybody this week? Anything? Anything new? There's just so much going on. There's yeah. not room like, for God, anything to is, happen. Yeah. Well, what is my life? I can't... Mm-mm. Anything? Yeah. What? Mm, was... Sam's birthday was that? No, that was last that week. Was last that week. was or two weeks time. I actually went to a friend's house yesterday. You did? Yeah, we went to our friends, and uh, basically it was one of those times where Tucker just sings karaoke while everyone else talks. Oh, <laughs> it was one of those. <laughs> nice. So he just stood in this corner and sang a bunch of old country songs while everyone else talked and ate snacks. But that was nice because we haven't left our home really, so that was fun. Yeah, that that's awesome. Yeah, that was pretty good. So I did that. I'm sitting up very straight I in this have, chair today. I've just been working and protesting. <laughs> yeah. so Tell us I'm about well, the protests. Like, what what is Boise's version of what's going on? Um. So I went to the vigil, uh, mm-hmm. the vigil like uh, that was on Tuesday. That was very peaceful. It was a lot of people showed yeah, up for that. Yeah, that looked huge. Um, I have not yet looked up the final final number of it, but I heard it was about four to 5,000 people. Right. That's what yeah. I saw, 5,000, but I also saw the statesman only said 1,000. Oh, it was what? way more than 1,000. Yeah, 1,000, yeah. I mean, I can't read the statesman because I don't have a <laughs> prescription. <laughs> Somebody prescribe her some news. <laughs> Uh, but I saw the headline. It was like a thousand people, and I was like, I know it was more than a thousand. Yeah, people. yeah, that was, was what four to five more. is what I had seen. Wow. But everybody was like, I mean, for the most part, respect, like very respectful. And there was one instance where somebody had said something, and they were instantly just silenced by the police that were there. Okay, and then cool. Also, there was like a whole bunch of just good old boys who were driving their trucks and circling the Capitol. So the police wound up setting up perimeters and oh, good. trying to keep them back and from not doing that. Yeah. Have the police but, been cooperative and kind of respectful of it or? Um, of like the protest, I would say yes. 
They have okay. been. Um, though just two nights ago, I had an instance with the police here in Boise. What happened? And um, I was, so I was leaving Liquid. Jake was working that evening, and I was saying goodbye to some of my friends down the alleyway. And mind you, this is not like an alley alleyway. Right. For those right. of you listening. <laughs> um, businesses on and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there was there were two police officers. They were pulling over a drunk driver. And one officer was at the window of the car. The other one was standing on the sidewalk. And my car was parked right across from them. So on my way to my car, this uh, white couple walked just by the police officers. Nothing had happened. As I started to get closer to him, we, lo- we like just made eye contact. And I just like kind of just was gauging the situation, held eye contact, and then he slowly slid his hand to his gun and then bowed up more, stood up straighter. And I was like, okay, that makes me feel really safe. I did nothing threatening. You did not do that to that couple that was just walking up. So I got into my, well, actually, it's not true. So I maintained eye contact and I spit on the ground in front of me and I looked back at him and I went to my car and I got in and... Definitely, to say the least, I was watching my mirrors on my way yeah. home. Wow. And like, for, for listeners, Reese is a ride or die bitch, but not exactly a threatening like, <laughs> figure to, to a police officer. Like, so, I am petite. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's uncalled for. Yeah. And then um, just last Wednesday on my walk into work, I was going through the Grove. It was in the middle of the day. These two bicycle cops saw me, and they split me. And I was thinking, okay whatever and uh as i continued to walk i heard on your left and i'm like what is with the cyclist today like there's plenty of room you don't need to ride that close to me and as i went to step to my right i heard on your right and i was like no and sure enough it was both police officers came back around me and as they rode ahead of me they both looked back at me great just to give you a little and just a little yeah, yeah, just to instill a little bit of yeah, fear. Yeah, a little bit of fear. <laughs> you know your place. Great, cool. And I just continued with my head held high. I put my fist in the air, and I was like, I won't be intimidated. Good for Good. you. Good. I will not. Oh I don't stand God. for that. How does that feel for you? Like, how does that feel to be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm putting my hand up. I'm doing this right now. Um, it's very empowering, and it's very terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Because I am... I'm a target just with my skin color. And then by my actions, I'm creating myself to be more of a target. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. Yeah, that does have some power behind but it. But it's like I stand I stand for who I am. And I stand for my people. Which isn't a thing that you had to necessarily do two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, sort of. But... And I... I have always faced po- problems in Boise and anywhere in Idaho, anywhere I've gone. I've always faced problems, but I will not say with this frequency. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is scary. <clears throat> it is. And, and it, it does very much bother me when my white friends say, well, Idaho's not like that. And I'm like, stop. What? Yes, it is. And that is just an example of white fragility. Yeah. Yeah, they're coming to the defense of it, which yeah. is the book we're talking about this yes. week. Oh, what a good segue! That was very. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, well, I lost it. There it is. Idaho, Idaho uh, doesn't. I mean, very much Idaho, but Boise itself too doesn't have a very diverse population. Like no. it is white 
It's white as fuck out here. Omaha, Nebraska has more black people than Boise, Idaho does. Wow. Yes. I remember someone telling me when I moved here that if I saw someone, if I saw a person of color, they were more likely a refugee Mm -hmm. than they were someone who was just a person of color who lived in Boise, Idaho. Yeah. I mean, Boise is a little bit more diverse than Idaho in general, but Boise, like city city of Boise. And most of it for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely like it's thankfully changed quite a bit cuz I don't know Reese are you from here? Are you from Boise? Uh I was born actually in Caldwell, but like my family's always lived in Idaho. I was oh. kind of raised here. Gotcha. Yeah. We moved here. I moved here when I was like 4 and that, like I like I think the first time I ever even like met a person of color that wasn't just like a white like just straight up white person was like in high school. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just wow. cause, yeah. Oh, and that's that's not surprising to me. Like, um my first year like my freshman year of high school, I went to public school and like everybody wanted to be my friend because I was the first black person that they had met. Mm-hmm. In high school. In high school. Wow. Yeah. And I was just like, Wow. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. so, and I a think lot of to take like, in. I think of like the area where I'm from as being less, you know, so not diverse racially, but then when I compare that, like I, that's there's still way more people of color from where where I grew up than here, which is shocking to me. What was it like at the vigil? Where it was like like, I mean, obviously it was probably still pretty white. But does that like does that feel weird or like seem weird when you like look out in the crowd, and you know that it's like for a very specific purpose, you know, and like, mm-hmm. uh, um, like with. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, does it look weird when you just see like a huge sea of white people <laughs> like in that instance, in that scenario, in that environment? Uh, Yes, it really is. Is it's... it like upsetting at all? Or does it make, is it like, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's upsetting because I, I would hope that all of the white people there are allies. I mean, obviously it's not the case because there were anti-protesters, but I'd hope that they're all there to educate themselves or to further their education as far as black people and people of color and the racism in yeah. our country. And yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say it's upsetting. It's moving. Oh, okay. It, and on the, it can be. And on the same, like other side of that same coin, I assume too, you probably saw way more faces of color than you ever do anywhere when in Boise. So did that feel strange to like, be like, oh my God. No, it didn't feel strange. Like, I see people of color like every day in Boise and it's just, you know, everybody makes the joke like Tina, LJ and I, a couple of comics, um, we make the joke. It's like, oh, we're all here at once. like, (laughs) (laughs) And and it's just the thing. And it's just kind of like, I know that they're around Boise and they're spread out. I can Mm. go to several places and it's just like, this is where the people of color hang out because this is where they feel safe or yeah. I kind of got lost in my own train wow. thought there. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, we're reading the book this week. We'll talk about yeah. this super, super quick, and then we'll get back to talking about this other stuff. But we're yeah. reading um, White Fragility, Why It's So Hard for People for White People to Talk About Racism by Robin D'Angelo. And it is hard for white people to talk about racism. It is. Which is the whole point of the book, is that maybe we should stop making such a big deal out of it. Yeah, and start, start talking, <laughs> start about, talking it. about it. And be okay with like 
having uncomfortable conversations. Mm -hmm. Like the idea that like white people don't like to talk about race and racism because it's uncomfortable because it, there's so much history packed behind it that like when it's brought up, there's like this internal like tightness where you're just like, Oh God. Yeah. Or like the idea that like, you're going to have to, I feel like white people are so afraid of, because they know like the history is so atrocious that they're like, well, I, 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 I shouldn't have to pay for that. Right. Right. Like, Ooh, that's not, that wasn't me. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, there's like an automatic defensiveness. Um, I like that she, that she points out that white people specifically identify racist behavior, or someone being a racist as being a character flaw or being some kind of like personality trait instead of some sort of systematic mm-hmm ingrained thing that we're all subject to and that that's why we immediately get defensive because we see it as a as a failing or or something that that we've done wrong personally right and then we get defensive because we we're not that kind of we're not people like we're not like that we're not that kind of racist individualism right like yeah yeah we were talking a little bit before about like kind of the like different the spectrum of racism you know Mm -hmm. where it's like you've got like the overtly racist you know hitler and donald trump you know (laughs) Right. <laughs> like people that just say, yeah. 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 I'm better I'm, than you. Yeah. I am. I, my race is superior. There are, there are those people on that end. Yeah. And, and I think that that's what most people think about when they think, when they hear the word racist. Yeah. Right. But that there are so many shades of racism. And because we live in a racist system, mm-hmm. that it's just, it's in there and you make mistakes and missteps all the time, even if you're not like, overtly and maliciously trying to be racist right you know and that's the part that i've cried about a lot this week Mm -hmm. is is like oh fuck there are so many things that i could be doing better and i'm just not yeah for sure oh yeah absolutely that was like the all of like during the course of like the past week and stuff the uh i was like i was like i really want to like uh like speak up about a lot of stuff that's happening but i also don't feel like i am very like knowledgeable or educated about it a lot of just like the history of just the united states like Mm -hmm. the country that i live in and because so much of what i've been taught has been so like whitewashed right mm -hmm, and told from the perspective of you know rich white slave owners (laughs) is uh uh like I've realized that like the first thing that I need to do is just like educate myself Mm -hmm. and like learn as much as I can and read as much as I can and watch as much as I can about the different, like, uh, the actual history, the actual history of like the United States and of black people in the United States and how, like how white people have behaved in the United States. Mm And, uh, that at least has like, for me, given me like a sense of like direction right? where like when everything like it's all just seems like so big right now. And so like, I'm not really sure like what I should be doing and what I should be saying. I'm like, right. I'm, well, I'm just going to like focus on just trying to like learn as much as I can so that if somebody like if one of my like dumb family members ever says something, at least I'll have like the knowledge to like speak confidently about it yeah. you yeah. know rather than just like a place of like 
feeling like of being like i feel like what you're saying is wrong but i don't know how <laughs> I to articulate it sources to back this up i know that's part of my problem and i i think the other part the reason why i don't talk about racism is because i have felt like um it's not my story to tell mm-hmm. and i don't want to you know like if i feel like if i'm vocal about it it's going to be seen as like virtue signaling or like white knighting or that sort of thing you Mm -hmm. know and and now like as i've been sitting with myself this week and and thinking about thinking about that like maybe that's not the point maybe the point is it's yeah it's not my story but it is my job to be like hey sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up yeah exactly well and i and i and i haven't done that either that's what i wanted I to start ask doing it this i way. wanted to ask reese because i've seen such a, a, a spectrum of responses from people of color like some people are really adamant of like if if you are a white ally and you're not out there doing what i'm doing and you're not out there marching and you're not talking about it and you're not then then you don't support me i've seen that on one end and then on the other end i've seen even sitting with yourself and thinking about the way you've behaved that's doing something and that's 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 all I ask, you know. So I, I just wonder where you are on that spectrum of like, what do you want from from what your do you white want from friends? Because <laughs> <You know, laughs> that's why a lot of us are so uncomfortable. We just don't know what we're supposed to do other than educate ourselves. Like we're learning that now. And so I just, I just wanted to ask, like you personally, what is what's the thing that you're like? Yeah, that's me, what I want. Me personally, I, I do love that my white allies are like I have recognized. They take acknowledgement. They take responsibility for their actions. That they have committed whether it was unknown to them or what if they knew what they were doing right in the same light you can always do more you can always say something you can always be a safe place for someone like i want my white friends to educate i would love to see them out there protesting but i want to make sure that they know what they're protesting for mm-hmm. yeah and it's like that makes sense. i i won't condemn you if you don't want to go protest that is that is your personal choice because I understand it is terrifying. You are putting yourself at risk. I, I get that aspect of it, but would you be willing to die for me? That question comes up. If you want to go to a protest, would you be willing to die for me? Right. And I, I can see why people, excuse me, why other people of color would be like, Hey, you either come to this or, I'm done yeah. with you. I, and yeah, it's I, just I like, get all of them. It's like I get it because it's just like if I'm asking you to come to a protest with me and you fully support that, then you are willing to put your life out there for mine. And I want people just to value my life, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. What uh, I think makes some of the protests hard, it's because like there, it's not like it's not like when everyone was protesting for gay marriage, right? Like that was a goal, like, and then, you know. Right, marriage, we can achieve this There is thing. a house, vote yes on house bill, blah, blah. There yeah. is no house bill, stop being racist, you right. know? I, and I, and it's like, how, what do we, how do but we that's, dismantle the system? But well, I, I mean, what, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, no, go ahead. I mean, by protesting, we have already started making changes. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, gosh, my gosh, uh, Cuomo? Uh, New York, uh, Albany governor, he is actually putting a bill through to where if you make a 911 
called that was racially charged, gender, anything like that, that it is considered a hate crime if it was a false 911 call. Yes, like what Amy Cooper that. did in the park. Yeah, yeah. great. And like, that is a small step to change. Yeah. And I think and, a big step is just people people like us just people like us realizing that there is no house bill blah 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 that that the goal is so big like we haven't had to every day be faced with this thing that Mm -hmm. that there's not doesn't seem to be an end to and like just comprehending that Mm -hmm. is a huge step i think that we that we see that like oh my god this there's a destination and it is very far away and we need to keep (laughs) doing this yeah just chiseling chiseling away at at something not specific and that's i'm like i yeah no i mean like i'll do it that's great and that's what i've spent my week doing is like what what's what do i chisel where do i chisel what am i chiseling you know i think a big one for me that i found is my kids Mm -hmm. it's like i need to make sure that i am explaining this to them Mm -hmm. and that i'm not hiding it from them Mm -hmm. and i'm not you know like making it a thing that they can't know about because that's how that seed gets planted of that this isn't important and so i need to make sure they know about it and they know what's going on and i think that is like my my place in this for now i've i've been um when i see stuff when i see people saying you know all lives matter i've been calling it calling it out where i hadn't before or like getting into a discussion with my mom i'm so proud of you for that really because that's hard tell yeah tell reese and steven about that because oh i spent Whatever day was not today. I don't know. Time is mushrooms. In a Facebook argument. Well, not really an argument. It was a discussion. Nobody was nobody was mad. But I know I definitely hurt her feelings. And um, your mom. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, but it was like it's an argument or a discussion that I totally would not have gotten in before. I would have just like, well, you know, just let it. She's, you know, just let her. Right. She's not a bad person. But and you, you know. weren't being, you were. I don't think you were being disrespectful, or you were just like telling her what's going on and and what's what your thoughts are on it. And you know, uh, yeah, I told her, you know, that like if 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 a cop had had kneeled on my neck for nine minutes and killed me, you'd have burned the world down, and you would have called for the rest of the world to fight with you. And that's what's happening now. Yeah, that's what's happening. You know, and um. Her her argument was that that you know the looting and rioting was ridiculous, and I was like, well, no, it's not. And she's like, peaceful protests will get the job done. And it's like, no, peaceful. You remember when people camped out in front of the Capitol building for three fucking months until it got so freezing that they were going to die from being out there? And you remember how nothing happened, right? You know, peaceful protests don't get anything done. You can sit out there forever, and, and until you start disrupting the system and making you know, the politicians and the lawmakers uncomfortable or unsafe. Um, or affecting the money chain. Or affecting the money chain, yeah. that nothing's going to change. And and so if, you know, we got to break every fucking window in the country to to do something, then break every window in the country. Who cares? Windows grow back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's sure true. Do. That is true. Yeah, that is one piece of truth. Yeah. My dog broke a window yesterday. Oh, she's out there fighting. She's she cares. I don't know if it makes a difference to say that she is a black dog. <laughs> <laughs> she's really feeling it. Yeah, I don't. I, it's it's wild to me that people just fixate on like the looting and like quote unquote rioting of the whole of all of it because it's like that seems like such a small 
fraction of what is like the of like what the message is yeah. and like what the uh like what the problems are you know like that just seems like such a small thing and i like just from like a logic standpoint that's so frustrating because yeah. it's like that's not the biggest thing that's happening right now you know yeah, people do thing. it because it's a distraction yeah to yeah. talk about what the root issue yeah. is they don't want to talk mm-hmm. about want, the thing yeah it's like they mo- most people that i have run into who talk about the looting and rioting they're just like they they don't even know what they're talking about half the time <laughs> start with that but it's just like that's their main focus and if you try to bring it back to the race part they're just like oh well i mean they shouldn't be taking away no matter big, what that yeah. they shouldn't be doing this and i'm just kind of yeah. like okay <laughs> also ps take a look at that video and see who broke that window most of the time it's the cop it's the cop yeah well and guess what small businesses go out of business all the time and it's usually because of some big fucking corporation yeah. that is forcing them out of business like yeah. small you're these motherfuckers are out, out here saying like well the small businesses and, and it's like how often do you go support your like local bookstore right you yeah. know what i mean when, like, did, when have you cared about small businesses before yeah. now <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> ever <laughs> it's insane there was Oh, oh, sorry. So, I no, will say ahead. this in Boise. Boise's good about supporting their small businesses. That is true. I know. They make me feel like an ass for shopping at Walmart all the time. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but I haven't. This whole COVID thing has broken me of Walmart. Nice. I think I'm over it. I think I'm over Walmart shopping. Oh, but the pandemic is still happening, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pandemic, <laughs> that's going on. Which... I was very glad to see at the at the vigil that everyone was wearing a mask. Yeah. That yeah was... I was looking at videos people were posting, and I couldn't find someone not wearing a mask. Which... Like, it was really impressive. Phew. Yeah. Yeah. That's and the scary part. Every protest I've been to, everybody has had masks on. Good. So even today, everybody had masks on, and, like, the bullhorn, they were sanitizing it, it between people, so... Nice. That's so awesome. They were giving everyone a chance to speak today. Yeah. That's really cool. It was uh, it was very empowering. And it was it was anybody. It was a person of color. Um, plenty of white allies talked yeah. and said what they were trying to do to better themselves. Um, some of them to, just. That was today? Yeah. It oh, was I didn't even morning. know that this was happening. Oh, it's all the time. Yeah. It's oh. been it's been constant. Yeah, it's just going. constant oh. protests like at City Hall. I, yeah. I fucking or, suck. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, well, last night they had there were um, they still had a perimeter up when we came back through town, like eleven, eleven thirty. They mm-hmm. still had a little perimeter up, and there were still people out. Yeah, there's marches and, and stuff every every single night. There's no curfew here, right? No, no. Okay, that's good. That God, that seems like the Boise police are being really mellow about this. Well, the Boise police Is had that... a lot of bad press a few years back, and I yeah, think they're that probably they're keeping it keeping it on the DL. I, that's you know, I. All cops are bastards, but the but the boys the Boise police I will say have been pretty fucking cool because it, had this been happening twenty years ago I think it would not have been so cool. Yeah, you know, back when they were just shoot first. Yeah, but that's all never. just appearances because they know that if anything. Oh, I know. I, mean, it's not I know. I know that. Yeah. I do. I do know Damn. that. But but generally, yeah, things could be a lot worse downtown right now. And, yeah, that's true. And Everyone, I mean, maybe it's just partly Boise kind doing their thing, you know. But everyone stayed safe for the most part. Everyone yeah, has been pretty, pretty mellow. There was only one instance. Well, 
technically two because one of them was graffiti, but right. they've caught like both people. There was a firearm that was accidentally discharged during an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, God. but like he he was charged and. But he was charged, and this is what one of our friends was telling us that he was charged with a misdemeanor, mm-hmm. but the kid that did the graffiti is charged with a felony, mm-hmm. which seems like bullshit. Yeah, yeah. it's dumb as fuck. Yeah, yeah. that's because <laughs> it was a government building. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Well, I think it just goes to show too, like how oft- how easy it is sometimes for people to just be like concerned with like private property over like people. Right. Right. Yeah. Because like somebody could have very easily died from yes. a firearm going off and they were like misdemeanor. Yeah. And then Oops. somebody spray paints a building and they're like felony. Because respect. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? It's, I feel like it's all just like people's priorities being all over the fucking place yeah. and never really being able to like hone in on... <laughs> Uh, Excuse me. On what is actually like important, and like the important thing is just like people being treated okay, right? You know, uh, and a lot of the people who are like focusing on like the looting and rioting and like saying like all lives matter and stuff like that. The thing that kept coming back to me is I feel like uh, you're all familiar with the movie Blade Runner. Yeah, correct. Yeah, Blade Runner. I'm so uh, quick on that. Yep, yep, yep. Yes. Uh-huh, <laughs> yep uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, like the, the main thing in that movie is one of the main things of that movie is the Voight comp test, right? And it's a measurement to see if people are human or <coughs> androids, and it's measuring right. empathy. Right. And That's feel, the indicator of, of yeah. humanity. And I feel like all these motherfuckers would fail the Voight contest because they're just like, well, the building, the building <laughs> got spray painted. <laughs> I feel bad for the building. <laughs> yeah. I have been really, really surprised. And I mean, because mostly, you know, my, I'm sitting way far back from that microphone, sorry. Um, <laughs> mostly my Facebook is an echo chamber, you know? Yeah. And I feel like kind of shouting into the void because it's like every everyone agrees. I know I've yeah. gotten rid of anyone who, no <laughs> yeah. so one's hearing it. Um, but even still, even in that echo chamber, I have been really surprised how many times I have seen All Lives Matter. I think that there is a fundamental misunderstanding for a lot of people. <laughs> like, I mean, a true, actual... Yes. They do, they think they're out of the... Their they love. They think it's... I a, know. And they just don't get but, it until someone puts it in terms that they see it, you know? I, I, last night, I said somebody somebody posted that, and I commented, was like, you have to know how you sound by now. <laughs> Now, yeah, you, you think. know, like if yeah. you're still all lives mattering, just you know what, take us take a the step. house fire analogy is the best one I've seen, right? Yeah, that's the best one with the your house on fire, everyone's house getting wet down, sprayed down, or whatever. That's the best one I've seen, and I've seen people on that post actually be like, Oh, like that actually clicked. I thought I had, I had a really great analogy, and I was all set, I was all set to like post it and like have a big manifesto and then i saw a meme that was basically the same thing and i was like well summarized in three words (laughs) damn it so (laughs) bites me in the ass again but it was about like if i say to you because you know we've talked about alex and his cancer right Mm -hmm. and i'm like man childhood cancer really sucks you know and liver cancer down with liver cancer and you were like but what about breast cancer you'd you would be such an asshole Right. You know, yeah. like you're an asshole. You're not going to come at me with that. Right. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Yeah. And exactly. then I saw the meme and I was like, well, fuck you. Well, see. Fuck you, memes. A lot of people <laughs> who I find with the all lives matter argument, they're like, 
Well, uh, and this is actually going to kind of dive into the book, too. I actually wrote this down because ah. I wanted to <laughs> quote this. Um, I think that like comes down to universalism, mm-hmm. which universalism, that's like everyone is just saying instead of like individualism where everyone is different, it's saying that, you know, everyone is the same. We're all human, like all lives matter. But right. really what <laughs> so what that does um, it's like, of course, we're all humans. And this is a direct quote from the book. It's like, I do critique, you know, excuse me, I do critique universalism in general. But when appealed to racism, universalism functions to deny the significance of race and the advantages of being white. Further, universalism assumes that whites and people of color have the same experiences, the same context, the same responses from others, and assumes the same doors are open to all. Right. So I think that's a great quote right there. Yeah. And when people try to argue with all lives matter, we're all human, all life is precious. And it's like, yes, but you are taking away the racist part of that. The fact that racism right. is alive and well, and we are targeted. And these lives are not mattering yeah. right now. They are right not now, mattering. they are not mattering. And they're, we're just starting to say, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we're just starting to embrace that now. Okay. Yeah. So. One of my... <laughs> Also, why, where's all the where's all the like um, pro life people right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah no like sure. shouldn't they be at the forefront of this? Being like, no, really, <laughs> it's almost like they're full of shit. What? <laughs> oh my god! Um, one of my favorite experiences with somebody saying all lives matter mm-hmm. was my it was my ex stepmom, and it was um, it was like pretty early on in the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and me and my wife were over at my dad's house. Uh, my dad wasn't there, but we were like sitting in the backyard with my uh, stepmom and she was having their floors cleaned. And uh, we were like kind of talking about whatever was, whatever, you know, shooting had just occurred or whatever, like murder had just occurred yeah, cause... Um, at the time. And, she she said um uh, i like i said something and then she said well let me tell you why i think all lives matter and as she said that one of the floor cleaners who was a black man walked mm-hmm. around the corner and she immediately stopped talking uh-huh oh, and okay. i and i was like okay. oh so do you see how the fact that you stopped speaking right away Tells you tells you wrong. that you probably shouldn't be saying what you were about to say. Red yeah. flag, ahoy! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my God! Did no. it make any sense? Did that moment even occur to her? No. Or, no. No. She's horrible. Well, I've had that happen many a times where oh, it's like I will have Charlie white people who will ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they'll they'll just approach me and be like, "Can I ask you a question?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah." Sure. Okay. And then they proceed to like look around as if like, am I safe to ask this question? And then that's my like response to people. I'll be like, so, hey, if you have to look around, it's probably not OK for you to ask whatever you're going to ask. Whatever. You, yeah. yeah. Whatever I just stop. Check. I'm like, yeah. no. So. Yeah. Pro- I mean, probably just a good rule in general. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> Here's a question. And I have I know that I have done this to you before uh, in terms of emotional labor. Because because you and I are friends and we've been friends for a long time, there, I have I have to I know I've texted you at least once maybe twice about like hey, racially charged question and I come to and I come to you for that typically. 
how exhausting is that emotional labor? And do you wish that people would not, me specifically, do you wish I would not do that to you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is very emotionally exhausting. And like, I can't speak for all people of color, but for me personally, like I am willing to endure that exhaustion if it helps my white friends better understand. Right. And my big thing with a lot of people who argue and say, you know, there's Google for that. You can go read it on the internet. There's a lot of misinformation on the internet. Mm-hmm. And if, especially like if you want to talk about an experience that I've had or something like that, yes, I can give you insight on it. And the whole go to the internet and educate yourself. And I hate that too, because, and I hate it when people are like, oh, you like it. You're just, sorry, I'm getting my words in order here. I hate it when other white people are like, don't go to your people of color friends. I'm like, don't talk for people of color. Like go to that individual person, ask how they feel about it. Because personally, I believe, you know, we don't throw our children into a classroom with textbooks and then say, well, good luck interpreting the texts and then leave. They have educators. Right, right, right. People need to be educated by another in order to understand. And I can't remember what it was I asked you about. I don't know if you. I don't. I, I, all I know is that it was something that like wasn't a Googleable question or right, something. Right. But yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive to it. Like I know it's like I don't want to put this on you, but I also. It's. I just. I guess it's just good to hear you say like, no, nah, it's okay. Yeah. And you honestly, and from what I can remember of the messages, you typically ask, is it okay if I ask you this question? Like, you don't have to answer. Right. Right. You've always given me the out of, you don't have to answer. And I'm right. like, thank you. Like, yeah. <laughs> or it's like, you know, I can be like, oh, maybe not today. I'm not <laughs> coming at you. Can I touch your hair? <laughs> <laughs> You remember when you did that to Max and then you were like, oh, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> and I was like, I am so sorry. And I know this is not the typical thing, but I've, I, I was I've just, become what I hate. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. I oh. forgot about that. Too. <laughs> Good. I want. I was curious about the texture of his hair. I really was. Yeah. Because, I mean, <laughs> it's, very, it's very dense. It is. It's very solid. Uh, um, I feel like just... How is this coming out of your white head? Yeah. <laughs> that was the question. I'm like, is it as coarse as it in there? Like, <laughs> it is, though, kind of. Like it's, yeah, yeah, it really is. It's dense. Yeah. Um, I didn't finish the book, but I, I got oh. like for the, like through the first few right chapters. <laughs> right, right. Um, and I feel like I got a ton out of it, just like all like within especially even just like when the within the first like few pages like the first few chapters i was like mm-hmm. oh this is already i can tell this is already like good for me to hear yeah just as like a person who lives in a world full of racism yeah. you know right. that wants to potentially you know combat that within myself you know yeah which i mean that's all like what the book is about is just like confronting your own like part in this mm-hmm. like systemic racism that is part of the foundation of the United States. Right. And it's, I guess it's kind of giving you like, not so much like tools, but just like bringing, cause it's not like saying like, here's what you should do instead, you know, like, <laughs> well, I think yeah. it was, it was mostly like acknowledge your privilege yeah, and hold yourself accountable for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely see why it's on a lot of lists of like, 
so you're starting to get into reading about this. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like it was definitely like, like, like first step. So you acknowledge think you may be and, a human. Right. Start <laughs> yeah. It was definitely like first step acknowledge and then we'll get into the actual thing in subsequent books. Like it felt a little primary in that way. But, but like you said, definitely things I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and going into it too, I kind of, I had like a little bit of a chip on my shoulder because mm. I was like, you know, like I've always been taught that racism is bad. Like right. I'm, I'm pretty cool. <laughs> I already you know, know I know. I probably know a lot no. of this stuff. And then within the first like couple of chapter or few pages, I was like, oh yeah, I am, I'm a person. And oh. like, I, you know, like. When it got to the white women's tears chapter, I was like, oh, oh I'm yeah. a terrible person. <laughs> I, this is, a, oh my God, I've done this. I have done this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and at least, at least at the like in the beginning it was nice to because it like did make me check myself mm-hmm. a bit and just be like hey you're not a, like you're not a bad person because blah 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 and all that stuff and but you're yeah. also not above this so just keep reading yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> here's exactly. what's been on my mind a lot this week is i'm thinking about how to not only to teach what's happening now and talk about what's happening now, but how to combat that, you know, systemic racism mm-hmm. starting in preschool, you know? Yeah. Like, how do I, I've, like, I incorporate consent, you know, into our day and right. I incorporate, you know, my body, my choice and those sorts of things. Especially in a, and, and like, sorry, but true, not a very diverse yeah, school. No. It's not a super diverse school. No, it's not. Racially. So it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to. Like, how do you practically do that? I know. And that's what I've been thinking about lately. Like, how do we talk about this? I guess you, you read books that feature, you know, black characters yeah. mm-hmm. and you and you bring that kind of stuff in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I need to be more, I need to be more proactive about it. Yeah, I know that. That's one, that's one thing that I Because you do a great yeah. job with bringing consent in with like four-year-olds mm-hmm. and just bringing it into normal, normal conversation in the classroom. You right. do a great job of that. So yeah, yeah just and having it in your mind. I just need, to, I just need to bring it more like, oh, I have never featured like today we are like for sure and like this is part of the language of our classroom it, mm-hmm. you know combating yeah that's true that, yeah, so that's that's, that's been on my mind there's been a lot of good books though that i've seen like people sharing on facebook mm-hmm. kids books mm-hmm. and stuff about yeah. about talking to your kids about this or talking yeah. to children about it in general i've seen a lot of good ones i tried to buy how to be anti an anti-racist and it was sold out yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> great I know. I, I was. I mean, at first I was bummed because I was like, "Oh shit!" I really I would. Well, like I, I would guess I can't be an anti-racist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> but then I was like, "All right, that means there's maybe there's somebody out there who might like need to hear this a little bit more than I do." Uh, that got their hands on a right. copy. So. Yeah. Should we do our playlists? Let's do them. Okay. Right. Did you do a playlist, Stephen? We I, just kind of made them up. I didn't know that we were doing a playlist. We didn't either, <laughs> and we just kind of made up different playlists. Yeah. Hold on. Let me go to my thing. Did you text me? Or... Yes, yes did. I did. Okay. Here we go. Going to that. Because and... we were all we were all focusing on actually reading the book this week, so we didn't <laughs> talk a lot about the playlist. I was feeling so many things. Yeah. Okay. All right. Want to start? Okay. Because it's already pulled up here. All right. All right. Um, I did a playlist of songs 
that were originally written or performed by black artists that were then ripped off by white artists. <laughs> so that's what that's what I did. So I have the original <laughs> versions here. Nice. Okay. All right. So I'm starting with the like quintessential, like the one that Whoa! people talk about most is Big Mama Thornton's Hound Dog that was totally turned into Nothing But a Hound Dog by Elvis. And she's, have you Fuck ever seen Elvis. her? I mean, come have on. Have you ever seen her perform, like video of her performing? No. She plays the guitar, like that's her on the guitar, oh. and she's just this big, awesome, like her voice is just like, oh my God, it's huge, and she's powerful, and it's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So he just straight took that, just straight stole that song. The more, the more I learn about music history, the more I'm like, oh man, Elvis fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah, Elvis kind of sucks. The next one, we all know this. We all know Bob Marley's I Shot the Sheriff. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, we all know that. Right. But when we sing it in our heads, we hear the radio era Eric Clapton, Clapton version. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even when I just sat down to listen to this, I was like, yeah. oh, I know that song. Yeah. But then when I started hearing it, I was like, nope, that's not the version that I hear. <laughs> nope. yeah. Shit. Damn Good it. point. Yeah. Good point. Oh, yeah. my God. Here it comes. Nobody's cooler. God damn it, nobody's cooler. Hmm. Definitely not Eric Clapton. No! <laughs> of all people. <laughs> is this the one? Yeah, okay. Okay, so everybody knows that. Okay. We know that one. All right, all right mm-hmm. so the next one is uh, this is Junior Mervin, and this is his song, Police and Thieves. That we know from the Clash. Ah. I didn't know this. Yeah. This one either. They ripped off a lot of reggae. Yeah, but the, at least the Clash, they were doing it in a way that was like. We're they picked. were being a little more tribute. Yeah. Like, when like, I did yeah. know this, I did. Yeah, I'm hearing it now. Okay. Not with like Elvis, where Elvis was just like straight up. This is off. my song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was a little more like I'm paying due to this to this other style of music. Yeah. And they were the Clash were like actively trying to be like social activists yeah. and like bring a you know just like a general awareness to yeah. shit that was going on. Yeah. Let's all just sure. make sure we're not besmirching the Clash right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> Joe Strummer is a treasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. And then I have uh, the original Gloria Jones' Tainted Love. Because, what? Because this is a great yeah. song, but I did this not is a great this. song. God damn it. It makes so much more sense when she's singing it. Like, it's just like, yeah, of course this was what the song is. You know how I love claps. Yeah. Wow. God damn. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's good. That is way better than the, yeah. <laughs> the, the Coneheads version. <laughs> the Coneheads <laughs> version. Okay, and then I'm going to end it with Ain't That a Shame, Fats Domino, because everybody else listened to fucking Pat Boone. Oh, I God think I only know this version. Pat Boone. Yeah. Pat but- Boone did a ton of songs that were written by black artists, and he said... He's even been quoted as saying like, but but they liked it because they made money off of writing those songs for me and they really enjoyed having that like experience in the music industry. Oh, I like, think I've only ever cool. heard this, cool. Cool. this cool. 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 Garbage person. Yeah. 
I don't even know who Pat Boone is. What? Yeah. Ugh, he's awful. Okay, okay good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it right. You should find the Pat Boone version and just put that on there because it's... He I, just... I don't like his name very so much. He has so many <laughs> songs that you're like, wow. It's just the... You can just hear it's just white milked. Like they just white milked white that milked. song. It's crazy. Did um, did you make a playlist? I did not. You did you make a playlist? I did not. You didn't even know that right. this was happening. That's okay. All right. Okay. All right. Here we go. The playlist thing. All right. Okay. Well, here's my playlist. Uh, it starts with I fucking love this song and I love Nina Simone. This is I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. And. Mm. I took my, I guess my playlist was just like, man, these are, these, these are songs some, of the these time. Are some feeling songs and, um, amp, amplifying melanated voices. Snaps. The hashtag, snaps, you know, come on. We've discovered through our playlist that if a song has hand claps, Alicia loves it and she doesn't <laughs> even know it. Like she'll listen to it and we'll be like, there's the hand claps. And she's like, damn it. Oh, <laughs> she, listen to her voice. It's just like, come Oh, and I'll say, too, that for our listeners' knowledge, Reese has a beautiful voice. And yes. I was thinking yeah. about her the other day because I was practicing karaoke at home. And what was I singing? Oh, I was singing Whitney Houston. And I was mm. like, damn it, I can't do it like Reese. <laughs> it's not the same. I definitely want to get back out there and karaoke. sing a little bit. Ugh, sharing microphones. I'm not I know, ready yet. I know, I'll bring my own. Can you do that? Can you just bring your own yeah. microphone to karaoke? Just I'll pop bring it right my own. in. Thank you. Thank you. Why not? Maybe. Yeah, yeah that's actually why a pretty not. good idea. Yeah, just bring it, pop it in. Open mics. I'd do it that way. Yeah. All right, next okay. song. Mm. It's the live version of No Woman, No Cry. Nobody's cooler. Come on. Mm. Doesn't this just feel like summer to you? This song? Yeah. Are they going to start clapping? Yes, of course they're <laughs> going to start clapping. <laughs> snap clap. This, this is yeah. one of those snap clap songs. You know? There it is. There it is. <laughs> I should make this song my alarm clock song. <gasps> Ooh, that's a good idea. That's a good one. Cause what my an current, easy wake up. Yeah, this is good one. I'm changing it to that. That's going to happen. I was waiting. There it is. Ugh, come on. This has been covered by quite a few white people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. My next song. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. This is Aretha Franklin, Bridge Over Troubled Water. I don't even know if I've ever heard this, her version oh. all right oh, come on shit I got cold chills Oh, this reminds me of when Francie was obsessed with Patti LaBelle. Yeah, and whenever that's pa- right. like she was like a year old, and whenever Patti LaBelle would sing the alphabet, she would like put her hands in the air and sing along with her, and just like Patti LaBelle calmed her and spoke to her like no other. And I was like, Patti LaBelle, like, who would have <laughs> this would be her favorite thing. One of one of Francie's like first full sentences I remember was Miss Patti's gonna do it again. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now listen, Miss Pat is going to do it. Oh God. Okay. All right. That's adorable. Next song. I can Tina. Oh. Now I hate that Ike is involved here, but what are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you can? Come on. Listen up. River Deep Mountain High. If you could only have Tina Turner's voice or her legs, which would you take? <gasps> her legs. <gasps> My voice is alright, I feel okay. Because you already have legs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's gonna be a weird collection. <laughs> Oh, I take her hair. Oh my god! I mean her wigs, cause she's got great wigs. I almost choked. I almost choked. Okay, Tina, Miss Tina. All right, my last, my last selection is not a song, and I kind of want to play us out with it. Okay. So if we have, if we want to wrap up. Oh, okay. (sighs) Took a deep breath. Yeah, that was a good one. Um. Reese, you, you got to get back on here to talk about like some fantasy shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we oh, should do that because we've never talked about anything fantasy. Because you hate it, I know, but I would like to talk about it with someone who loves it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love fantasy. I mostly just hate the names. That's really my biggest <laughs> yeah. hang up. Yeah, I could see that. Like the names of the people or the mm-hmm. names of the book. Okay, yeah, yeah, just like the names of the places and people that I can't pronounce and I don't understand what they mean. Yeah, it I turns me right off. <laughs> No, I, I enjoy the names a lot. Actually, like anytime I have to name a character in any kind of game I'm playing, it's you always like a fantasy-based name. Oh. And Jake has made the joke where he's like, if we ever have kids, and I'm like, oh, we're not having them, <laughs> but if we did. <laughs> a long list. <laughs> it's like, I'll name my kids something nerdy. It's okay. Oh, love yeah. it. I recently heard for the first time the phrases um, hard fantasy and soft fantasy. What? Which are kind of like, if you've heard it, like hard sci-fi, you yeah. know, it's kind of like that. Mm. And I had no idea that there was a distinction in the fantasy world like that. What? I, I mean, I could see that. I've never heard that distinction before, but I mean, like fantasy that's geared more toward young, young adults, I would definitely say is softer fantasy where it's like. And there's hard, some that are like. That are like fantasy fantasy like they have taken this world completely built it built a whole new different type of like multiple different types of races that can now all do different magical things and yeah (sighs) god that does sound like good reading right now though god see yeah nice way to escape are there any that aren't seven inches thick (laughs) (laughs) no that's why it's fantasy Are there fantasy on Audible that are good? Oh. Like, what should I be looking for if I'm going to jump into fantasy? I mean, personally, I love Brandon Sanderson's The Way of Kings. Jump into fantasy. (laughs) Yeah. I will jump into fantasy. Sometimes we do Bjork impressions. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what was it? Brandon what? uh, Brandon Sanderson. I'm writing it down. Uh, That's fun to say, too. Brandon, Brandon Sanderson. Sanderson. Now, Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> he was the author that actually finished up the Wheel of Time series. Um, I've heard of that. That's bizarre. Yeah. his uh, The first book, The Way of Kings in the Stormlight Archive series is okay, primo. Also, Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. Rothfuss. 
it's, it's hard to my say. My phone no. auto-corrected it to the way of Kongs, but <laughs> <laughs> way different book. <laughs> Do I say Kongs? The Kong, what? Kong actually breeds. Uh, <laughs> what have you been talking about? I don't know. What have I been? Oh I, my god. Um, are there any fantasy novels that are written by people who are not? like white dudes that look like Brandon Sanderson? Because I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of this guy. Yeah. That's a good question. Uh, N.K. Jemsen. M.K. Jensen? Jemsen. Jemsen? Yeah, J-E-M-S-E-N. She's actually a fantastic uh, writer. She's also a person of color. One of hers I recommend reading is called The Inheritance Trilogy. Sick. And it's really, that one's actually really cool because she talks about like, the way that the world is created and it actually starts with these two male gods who procreate and create a female god who then create humanity but then humans turns into sons of bitches and enslave mm. the gods <laughs> in Tales the heritage trilogy <laughs> inheritance trilogy right on well cool. okay i want to say some good recommendations oh my god yeah for people who actually read that's gonna be great thank you you're welcome. Reese, yeah, for coming on today. Thanks for being tolerant of us being uncomfortable too, because like I was nervous that I would make you uncomfortable or yeah. that I would be weird, and so I appreciate you that way. Yeah. You're very welcome. I was, and not I make people uncomfortable not talking about race. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this Likewise. went great for me. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, thank you. Thank you for carrying the emotional load again. Right. And right. doing this for us. And, um, you know, I, yeah. I appreciate you all having me and me getting on here and be able to say my piece yeah. and I'll have people be receptive. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize on uh, behalf of all white people um, to you, but also like just for times if I have, I, I've, Oh, I've spent a great deal of time this week, like thinking about like what are all the times if I've said something and I didn't mean to like be insensitive or whatever. Right. And I'm Every, sure there like, are times microaggression, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> and I, so like, just blanket apology for any time I've ever made you uncomfortable. Yeah, you know that I n never mean anything to you maliciously, but I'm gonna be better. I'm just working harder to be better, just better at things everything just across the board i'm bad at everything and i'm i'll just get better at things <laughs> starting <laughs> now <laughs> well thank you it. i accept your apology and your acknowledgement this of, whole week to me has felt like the day after you get really drunk and have to call everyone and apologize <laughs> yeah <laughs> this week has been like that for like me. recognizing that like oh, oh god i'm so embarrassing i remember now yes yes okay <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah. So okay. Well, everybody, read some books, and also, what was that? What was that website for podcasts by people of color that you were talking about? Oh yes, there's a great pot. Uh, there's a great website called Podcasts in Color, um, and it's basically just a directory of uh, all sorts of different like genres of podcasts that are made by people of color, um, and it's called PodcastsInColor.com. It's a really good. It's a yeah, really great website, out. and you should definitely check it out and support it because, you know, most podcasts are white dudes, mm -hmm. straight white yeah. dudes mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. me. <laughs> yeah. That's so. why we have you around, just to anchor, sure. just to keep it. Sure. <laughs> You're our token nobody, white dude. Nobody will yeah. listen if there's no <laughs> white dude on here. Um, so, okay, well, I I want to say thank you for listening, and, and thanks for um, being part of this discussion, yeah. and thanks for you know, listening to the yeah. whole thing, even if it made you uncomfortable. Um, 
Yeah, do something good. Everybody do the next next good thing this week. Be better. And just, yeah, try to be better. Hashtag be better. And read a fucking book for once read, in your yeah, goddamn come on. lives. Jesus, <laughs> you guys. Read some stuff. God damn it. God, I'm proud of us for reading. <laughs> we did it. Yay. We did it. Okay. Um, right, I well, want to play us out with... Yeah. Um, this is a this is a work of poetry by Dr. Maya Angelou, mm-hmm. and it's called "Still I Rise," and every time it makes me cry. Um, so, stay fresh, cheese bags. Wash your hands. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain, I rise. A black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling. I bear in the tide, leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise into a daybreak miraculously clear, I rise, bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the hope and the dream of the slave and soul.